0: Yes, the atomic bomb is terrible, but more terrible still are the effects of atomic mutation. Hello, I'm Lawrence Woolsey,
1: and I want to warn you about something that could happen, something that does happen in my
0: newest motion picture. Observe the ant, a miniature marvel of social cooperation and prodigious strength. But if a man
1: and an ant were exposed to radiation simultaneously, The result would be terrible indeed, for the result
0: would be MANT. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program, (laughs) why do we own these DVDs? Your true host Sean Takaki and his wife Diane, Diane and Sean, yeah. Why do we own this DVD? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why do we own the DVD? Representation takaki, and the swag dying. Just wanna say, why do we own this DVD? Why? Yeah. What have we started? our podcast like Lawrence Wolsey. Hello. I'm Diane. The podcast you're about to hear will scare you to death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to be Judging by the
0: look on your face. Well, okay. Yep. I don't know. I got nothing. Oh, well, how are you? Eh. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're busy looking at your phone and doing other things. That's um, nice and professional. I'm
1: moderating your levels because you're loud as fuck. Good. <laughs> Good. Okay, let's go. Uh, uh,
0: we're going. Okay. I said, how are you doing? I'm it's, okay. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. Mm-hmm. It is. Wow. Yep. It's gonna be a good one, folks. I gotta go work tomorrow. Oh, oh okay. And I
1: gotta go to first. Half. <laughs> you have to go. Actually, I'm gonna, not
0: even going to, I don't even
1: get to go to first. Half. I get to go to seventh street entry.
0: That's just as the small room. That's fine.
1: It is fine, actually. You'll have fun. We'll see. That has yet to be determined.
0: Hmm. I can guarantee you there will not be. A person in an ant suit running around the show.
1: Oh, now I hope there the is. The
0: balcony probably won't collapse.
1: I don't think it's a balcony at the seventh Street I don't know. Entry
0: or first Ave. I don't know. I haven't been there because I don't go places. People are, are always surprised when I'm like, yeah, I've never been to First Ave. They're like, what? People
1: are surprised that well, I mean, I've you know, I've lived here what? Eleven years? Yeah. I haven't been to the State Fair yet. Ugh. And I haven't.
0: That was the grudge, by the way. Uh, and, I, uh,
1: uh, and I've never <laughs> been to First Ave. Like, well, why would I have gone to... Like, the fair, I think, makes sense because that's like a spectacle and, you know, that's sure. where, you know, fucking...
0: It's a family. It's like you something you do, to do with your family. First Ave, I mean, that's it's a very
1: specific destination.
0: Yeah, and... I feel like you don't you don't my, casually
1: go to the first to first half.
0: Like my going out days, I didn't live here. So no, I haven't been there. And when I lived like I didn't go there in high school because I usually not old enough. And when I moved back here I'm, you know, a mom in her thirties at that time. And now I'm a mom in my forties. And no, I don't want to go to shows. With young people or old people.
1: Uh, I mean, in 7th Street, there's no there's no seats. <laughs> it's just standing around.
0: Well, I can't imagine the show would be, like, long.
1: I know, but I'm old and I don't want to I know.
0: I but you're doing around. it for your daughter. She wants to go. I'll be by the bar. This is her first, like, actual... Well, I don't say actual concert because it's more of an intimate Intimate. What? <laughs> Intimate show. The the one in October will be her first like big concert. Sure.
1: Queen. We're going to queen. see Queen in October.
0: Yep. We're going to go
1: see Sir Chloe tomorrow, which I mean, I enjoy Sir Chloe. I
0: wonder who opens her Queen.
1: Um, I feel like someone that people would know. I thought I looked it up, but I don't remember now. I don't know. I do not
0: know. In Excess with Adam Lambert. Opening for Queen with Adam Lambert. No. Did he ever sing with In Excess?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't think he did. I think he's only ever been Adam Lambert and then Adam and Lambert. Then and Queen. Freddie
0: Mercury. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, you know, he's Freddie Mercury.
1: Wow, no, he's not.
0: Because I went to not. I went to that VH one end of the year weird i was a seat filler with with my sister do you remember Mm -hmm. we went to that vh1 thing and in excess performed with their they had like a reality show competition who will be the next in excess lead i remember i don't think it was adam lambert i don't know why he's he's just a he's a seat filler too
1: he's just a seat filler
0: he's a seat filler too He's filling in for Adam, for Freddie Mercury. Okay. I, I,
1: okay. Okay. I mean, right? Sure. Sure. It's not like the journey guy. He's who, not
0: a permanent member. I mean, he, he is and he isn't. Depends I, on how you want to he, view. Okay,
1: he's not. I don't think he's ever going to officially be a member of Queen.
0: Because it's always like Queen. And Adam Member. Adam Lambert, or whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's Queen and Adam Lambert. That's what yeah. they're called. Um, because like. The Journey guy,
0: mm-hmm. that Filipino
1: guy who's, yeah. he's now the lead singer of Journey. He's
0: a member of Journey. It's
1: just Journey. It's not Journey and Steve Filipino Perry. kid, whatever his name is.
0: Did he, Steve Perry is still around? He's though, still right? alive. He's just like, he just no. can't sing. Yeah. He wrecked his vocal. Well, chords. I think he, didn't he have like a, <clears throat> I have no idea.
1: I don't want to say I can't hear, but he had oh, a thing. Oh,
0: no. That's Steve Perry's solo. No. Um. Well, we're not here to talk about concerts. We're here to talk about monster movies. As Sean Kugel's Steve Perry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we are the people. What? Who, I don't know where I was headed. What? We're here to talk about monster movies. And DVDs. Because we are a podcast called Why Do We Own This DVD? And tonight we're talking about a movie. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to swat his phone away but not actually swat it. He's so annoying. What are you talking about? I would fire you if I was your boss. Fired.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You don't even know what I said.
1: (laughs) Oh, he did have a... a a cancer thing. Oh, okay. That's
0: Anyways. Anyway, this is a podcast called Why Do We Own This DVD? I'm Diane. That's Sean. Mm-hmm. And Yep. Every week. Sure do. We talk about a movie from our DVD collection. Every week. Except when we're not here. A movie. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about a movie. From 1993 that I sure enjoy. I sure enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really, I really enjoy watching it. Sure. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what words to say. Well, I
1: mean, because it's a it's a low stakes movie because there's no like, yeah. there's no imminent danger. Well, there's no real villain there's like a bad guy but there's no villain
0: like it isn't that it's a it's a yeah it's
1: it's a good family fun time movie
0: family fun time
1: I mean it's really it's very um tame I mean yeah it's a
0: very PG it's a very like just there's some making out (sighs) Uh uh-huh all right well this enjoyed movie <laughs> mm-hmm. that's tame. We're talking about the movie Matinee. Like, do we get movies
1: like this anymore? No.
0: Right? Tight ass script. Well, A cool 97 minutes, 99 minutes.
1: I mean... I oh. think John Goodman makes this movie.
0: He he does, you know? yeah. I mean... Because
1: I can see a lot of different actors as the John Goodman character, but mm. they would make it very much... Like, it, they would... Like, an easy one would be, oh, yeah, you can put Dan Aykroyd in there. He's going to Dan Aykroyd mm. the fuck out of this movie, and it's not going to be as...
0: Any of those comedy guys. You know? Yeah.
1: Because I, cause I can never... Cause, well, with like Dan Aykroyd, I can never take him serious.
0: Yeah, him and Bill Murray. Bill he Murray. never feel Bill, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray, Bill Murray, Bill <laughs> Murray. I never say his name right the first time. Bill, Bill- Murray. I don't take any of the Ghostbusters seriously. Uh, a,
1: a Bill Murray in '93 would not.
0: No, that's Groundhog Day. Bill have Murray have been
1: believable as like a sincere person. No. Or Bill Murray now, yeah. Mm,
0: even that, I don't think um,
1: so. Because I mean, because you look at like Lost in Translation.
0: Yeah, I never saw it. I don't trust the guy.
1: Like Dan Eckroyd is still gonna be kind of
0: skeezy and Chevy Chase oh well,
1: Okay, Chevy Chase is completely out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of those guys
1: from that time. So I mean, you you need someone who is. Earnest first, and then funny
0: second, like Steve Martin. Steve Martin could do it. He could, but he wouldn't. He'd be too he didn't Steve have... Martin though, and he doesn't have the book. Like,
1: you know, because he doesn't. Because because Steve Martin doesn't feel jolly. Mm. Like he can't sell jolly. John Goodman can sell jolly without
0: yeah yeah
1: being jolly.
0: What about John Candy? I wonder. I think maybe. Mhm. You know? Yeah, cuz I I believe him. He's very he I mean, can be very heartwarming. Like Is when, that like when you look at like
1: John Good I mean John Goodman, John Candy from like Home Alone. Home Alone. That's a very sincere, mm-hmm. thoughtful Earnest. John Candy. Yeah. Who happens to be funny as hell.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah, I think so. But I mean, so but I mean, obviously there's no John Candy. We have John Goodman.
0: I think John Candy was still alive in '93. he was, yeah, yeah. But, um, I think I mean John Goodman was on Roseanne at the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. still, right? That was still on. Yeah. In 93. Oh yeah. Um, I think that was this the same year he did The Babe.
1: Oh, I don't know. Remember that movie? I never saw it.
0: I didn't either, but I can see the poster in my head. So matinee. This movie opened January twenty ninth, nineteen ninety three. I saw this opening weekend.
1: I did not see it in the theater.
0: This probably passed you by in a heartbeat. Were you aware of this movie? I was. Back in 93. I was. Because you were I would John. have been... you have been a senior. high school. Yeah, you'd have been a senior.
1: Um, I I, re- I vaguely remember this movie coming out. And... I mean, it looked too... It didn't look... It almost... It, it, did it, it look, didn't look too, like silly? It, it did. It didn't look interesting enough like there was Mm. like it just looked too goofy almost yeah like because it it felt because it it obviously it sold as a throwbacky kind of movie you know it takes place in the 60s yeah and it looks like you know that wasn't interesting to me that wasn't interesting to high high school me you know interesting interesting to me
0: um i saw this only because of Simon Fenton, who is in The Power of One. Um,
1: the babe um, was 92.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I don't know how I found out that he was going to be in this movie because there was no internet, no idea. I think I saw a trailer, a commercial for it on TV, and I flipped the fuck out. Um, um, so my friend Kate and I went and saw this and i remember thinking that was like the funnest movie ever and i still kind of feel like that's just a really fun movie joe joe dante director his filmography is something else gremlins the howling matinee i mean it's okay okay cat jeez i can't pet you the whole time He just makes fun, fun stuff. Twilight Zone, parts, not all of it.
1: Joe Dante has, he seems like a very playful guy.
0: Yeah, just by looking at his movies.
1: Like, he feels like one of those guys who wants, who gets, who enjoys delighting audiences.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our... Like Like a
1: very Lawrence Woolsey.
0: So I remember last night you you're like oh he, is he like Orson Welles?
1: He's I guess yeah I looked up with some other guy that I
0: William Castle you know William Castle <laughs> right? I I mean I know the name. So William Castle was a director from like the late fifties, um, probably best known for the uh, the House on Haunted Hill, oh, mm-hmm. not the one with Catherine Zeta Jones.
1: Oh really? <laughs> she wasn't the,
0: the OG, <laughs> and um his whole thing was theater gimmicks that's Mm -hmm. what he was known for and he was people kind of called him like b movie hitchcock Mm -hmm. second rate hitchcock but hitchcock actually got a lot of his he was inspired by william castle movies it was why he made psycho and black and white and the whole like introduction and Mm -hmm. you know don't once you're here, you can't leave. I remember, I don't know if you, when we did Psycho, we talked about a lot of the things he was telling. Our cat just, hi, what are you doing?
1: Our cat froze in place.
0: I, okay. Um. So the fact that people called him like a, you know, B movie Hitchcock is kind of funny, but he was when actually. Really, Hitchcock
1: would have been a ripoff castle. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I do like it in the movie. There's like the, thank you, Mr. Hitchcock. Yeah. There's that nod to
0: <laughs> Yeah. Which is funny because Hitchcock in nineteen sixty-two would have been the more famous guy. Mm-hmm. Um uh, But yeah, this movie directed by Joe Dante, um it stars John Goodman as our director Lawrence Wolsey. Woolsey Wolsey. Wolsey. That would
1: have been the only person I would have known in 93. John Goodman? Yeah. In this movie. Uh-huh. And I...
0: Not even Kelly Martin? Nah. You... Why I mean, would I... I
1: mean, why would I know Kelly Martin?
0: Well, cause because she was a... People knew who she was. No, I You didn't know. have to watch Life Goes On to... I know,
1: I know. But I mean, I... I that wouldn't have registered. Okay. And I didn't have the love I have for John Goodman back in 93. Mm-hmm. I liked... He was just that guy on that show that I liked.
0: Sure. <laughs> About white trash. When did your love for John Goodman begin? Coyote Ugly, or
1: prior sometime, to that? Sometime before that. Just him, him still existing after oh, like you know Roseanne. Sure. I okay. mean, I definitely, I, I did enjoy him because of Roseanne, obviously. But yeah, so it yeah. Just, at some point, I just you know, as I got older and wiser, I realized, oh, I love this man. <laughs> sully oh
0: yeah um (laughs) pacha a oh yeah upper's new groove yeah he did i don't know are those the only like animated ones that he did monsters inc upper's new groove
1: he played a pig in pigs next door
0: oh of course he was in arachnophobia the exterminator guy,
1: and he was in Oh, brother, where art thou? Which you've never seen.
0: Nope. Of course, he played Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Be yeah. This movie, where was I? Takes place October 1962 in Key West, Florida, and Gene Loomis. Interesting last name choice, Doctor Loomis. Halloween.
1: Hmm.
0: Right? Donald Pleasant? Yes. Um, Gene Lewis played by Simon Fenton. And his younger brother, Dennis, played by Jesse Lee. Jesse Do
1: Lee. Soffer? you gave me, I
0: don't know, this just says Jesse Lee.
1: Jesse Lee Soffer?
0: Maybe. Probably. You looked him up. I believe you. Wikipedia just says Jesse Lee. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either of those guys. So Gene and Dennis live on a military base with their mom, Anne. Didn't know she had a name. While their father is away on a United States Navy submarine. We never meet the father, do we? Nope. We assume he comes back. Well, yeah, because they're talking the end, about... Right. Well, they're like, talking we about how the ships coming back. The, maybe he's on the helicopter. Said Navy on it. I don't maybe. Um,
1: I'm assuming he would come back on the ship he departed on, but...
0: Yeah, his dad is on a submarine <laughs> near Cuba because they need, um, this is during the Cuban Missile Crisis. If you don't know what that is, go Google it for a while. Um, it's an interesting time. 13 Days. You see that movie? Is that what that's called? Is that about the Cuban Missile Crisis. No idea. We had to watch don't something in civics. I don't know. I do not know. It was a very, um, everyone was on edge. Because everyone thought that the Soviets were going to use a nuclear bomb. What? Nuclear bomb on whoever. Well, I mean, they had missiles that could go a thousand miles.
1: They were in range of Washington, D.C. Yeah,
0: and like the eastern seaboard Mm -hmm. and southeastern. And uh, so people in Key West, very close to Cuba, because that's where these missiles were. Uh, everyone's on edge. That would be an odd...
1: I mean, I... I, It's hard to imagine what that's actually like, but you can... I mean, because of everything we've been through since 2001. (laughs) You know
0: Well You know what's funny is when I looked up this movie on Letterboxd, all the reviews, like, so many people found this movie in 2020. And we're like, oh my god, they felt like it was really relevant, which is weird. Like all the reviews I found were like, it is weird." Twenty twenty, and during this time of unknown and paranoia and all this stuff mm. of COVID shit and all that stuff. I mean, I, was I, can, like, I can, I can, I guess
1: I can sort of see the connections, but I wouldn't make those connections necessarily. But yeah,
0: I guess it was just fear of the unknown, maybe. But I don't know if two thousand, if like nine eleven would be relevant either, because hey, we weren't expecting that. I guess maybe no, I an mean, aftermath. I, I'm just saying
1: I can't. It's hard to imagine
0: this kind of situation.
1: Like fear of anything possible happening until we've lived through two thousand one. Since we since we lived nine eleven, uh-huh. yeah, we know now we're not invulnerable.
0: No. But we also.
1: So then to have that happen in the 60s for those, for that generation, I mean, that's an actual, sure, that's a real threat, you know?
0: Uh huh. It still is. I mean, we don't don't know. I don't know what's going on in the world. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, but I mean, mean, we were afraid of like North Korea for a while and. Well, are we? We were. With
1: With their wooden rocket?
0: Sure. Is that what it is? Well,
1: when they first. Rolling out their huge ballistic missile like was, on parade, it was made out of wood and it was oh. it was fake.
0: Oh, it was I just for show. I don't read the news, though.
1: So. I mean, they've since they've they've
0: they're like, oh, sort well, of, we do they have. can
1: sort of make a, a missile
0: because I always I mean, I see headlines of them like, oh, they shot one off and into... keep
1: shooting one over Japan and stuff. And
0: yeah, no. but I don't know, I feel like this was an interesting time. Glad I wasn't around, but I'm sure people in the future will say, "Oh, I'm glad I wasn't around when like that COVID thing was happening." No,
1: no, it could be getting, it could be building up. It's that new variant is even stronger. Yay! So I think, I think uh, the whole COVID thing might be around for a while.
0: Yeah, it'll never go away. All right. So one day at a local movie theater.
1: I love that theater.
0: It's a real. It's a real place. Mm-hmm. The Strand in Key, Key West.
1: It's like in Cocoa Co- Beach or whatever.
0: Cocoa Baton? Rotan Batung? Ba ching. So at a local movie theater one afternoon, <laughs> Gene and Dennis see a promo for an exclusive engagement of producer Lawrence Woolsey's sensational new horror film called. Mant. What is mant?
1: It's a man and an
0: ant. Half man, half ant. Created by nuclear... (laughs) Nuclear... Nuclear... Radiation. You know I can't say that goddamn word. I don't care. (laughs) Wolsey is scheduled uh, to appear in person at the theater the following Saturday. Very exciting. No one does. But you know, William Castle also did that. He taught, he taught. I heard an interview with John Waters. Mm-hmm. talking. About he loved William Castle. And when John Waters started making movies, and he didn't have any money for marketing, for sure. He's like, I did what William Castle did. I just went around the country promoting my movie to different movie theaters. And that's what Lawrence Wolsey is doing. He's going, he's actually showing up to these theaters saying, hey, Here's my new movie. Exclusive showing Saturday afternoon matinee. That's it. I mean that I I can I appreciate the hustle. It is a hustle. I would never want to do that. Because I mean really it, you gotta it really, really it comes down
1: to the artist selling his art.
0: Yep. Out there just By yourself without any help from any Just
1: flogging his
0: balls off, just What? (laughs) 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 I'm never gonna (laughs) not say that every day. (laughs) You been how was work? Did you fly your balls off?
1: T-shirt question mark? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, but But, um, I mean, yeah, he's out there. He's
1: you know. He's like those guys who try to get you to buy their, their demo CD, you know?
0: Yeah. Which uh-huh. I remember
1: those guys from like college and stuff.
0: Really? Up-and-coming either... rappers
1: and whatever would oh. stand there and try to get you to buy their try to get you to listen to their CD. Mm. Maybe you'll buy it.
0: That never happened in you know? Eau Claire. There weren't rappers in Eau Claire. <laughs> okay.
1: So now I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Did Bonnie Ver never try to sell his... He uh, was
0: in Eau Claire at the same time as me.
1: Bon
0: whatever bon happened? Whatever happened to him? Them? Them. Justin Vernon? I don't know. I was still doing music. Oh, okay. Oh, I never listened to I it. I only know that one song. It's too, too sleepy for me. I only know Some that Some sleepy song. music. I don't even know that one song. Come
1: on, skinny love, just
0: let's sing it. I Don't I don't know any song anyway? <laughs> Listen to this by Bonnie Iver.
1: <laughs> and then and that, it took me a uh, long time to learn that it was Bonnie Iver, not Bon Iver.
0: I thought it was bone like a bone dance, <laughs> bony burr, bony. Okay, <laughs> I am delusional. So, um, wait, is so, delusional the right word? Yeah, no, probably not. So, yeah, they see this. For man, they're like, ah, I want to go. Then they come back home to the base and they see President Kennedy on TV deliver a speech confirming the presence of Soviet missiles. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Soviet missiles in Cuba. Oh, skinny love that's that song. I don't know it. Meanwhile, arriving in Florida with his actress girlfriend, Ruth Corday, played by Kathy Moriarty. I I love her. I called her Beverly D'Angelo. Did you? Last week. Oh, I don't know. They're very similar. Are they, though? With a dash of Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Beverly D'Angelo was the mom from, like, Vacation, right? Yes. Yeah, I get vibes from that. Kathy
1: Moriarty reminds me of a... I get vibes of, like, an older... Slightly
0: older generation of
1: Rebecca DeMornay.
0: Even though they're probably the same age.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think they are.
0: 1960?
1: So when Moriarty was born?
0: Yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh, oh, she was in Raging Bull. Uh yeah. Uh, with uh-huh.
1: Nope.
0: And she got nominated for an Academy Award.
1: <sighs> Rebecca DeBorne was born in fifty nine.
0: Oh, so she's a year younger. Older. You that's what I meant. I meant Kathy <laughs> oh, Moriarty is even yeah. younger. And you called her a generation older. Because... <laughs> wow. Hmm. Because Rebecca de Mornay is always older than I think. Because to me, she's the hand that rocks the cradle. And she's like 28. When was Three Musketeers? 93. Same year as
1: this. Oh. She seems younger in that than Kathy Moriarty does in this. I think it's because of the time period, even Mm -hmm. though Rebecca DeMoria's time period was hundreds of years earlier.
0: And Rocks' Cradle was 92.
1: But I think it's Kathy Moriarty's voice, too, that husky. It's
0: very husky. She got some husk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that was. I feel awkward for saying that. I'm looking at her her filmography.
1: Kathy Moriarty?
0: Yeah. She does. Uh, she was in Casper meets Wendy. She's done a lot.
1: I did not realize that Rebecca DeMornay's dad was Wally George.
0: Who is that? I don't
1: you, know, know. You don't need to know it. He's a. Okay. Uh, right. You know, he was a very annoying political, like late night talk show guy. Oh, very fiery.
0: He's Rebecca DeMornay's dad, father. Yes. Oh, Okay. All right. So. Yes, Lawrence Woolsey arrives in Florida with his girlfriend, Ruth Corday. I and love her. She's also starring in Mant. Um, And he finds the fearful atmosphere of the keys created by the ongoing crisis perfect for hosting MANT's premiere. He's like, um, keyed in. <laughs> Key West. Keyed in. Mm-hmm. got it. Um... He's totally like, yeah, this is ripe, and he's right.
1: It's perfect because, I mean, if if nothing else, he's a salesman first.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, he's also brought along two of his actors, Herb Denning, and Bob. Um, Herb Denning's a a former hired thug, and Bob is a victim of the Hollywood blacklist. They're now um relegated to cheap independent B-movies like the ones that Lawrence Woolsey makes. And they pose as outraged, outraged citizens outside the theater. Sure. <laughs> I was trying to say that without looking back down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're protesting the movie. Played and, by. Um,
1: Dick, Dick Miller.
0: Miller, who's in, he was in all of Joe Dante's movies. And uh, is that John Sales? the other John guy? John Sayles, yeah. Who is also a screenwriter and director in his own right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, are, yeah, they're posing as like protesters, and that attracts attention. Obviously, more people want to see this movie if these people are like, "This is corrupting our children," and all this bullshit that people do in real life.
1: Sure, um, they're they're shills. Yes,
0: yes. Um, and the, however, local couple Jack and Rhonda. I don't know who they're played by. Jack and Rhonda. They
1: John ad- Clemen
0: and... Someone. Um, they Something. They're like... Uh, they advocate for allowing the premiere based on First Amendment rights. Let people decide for themselves. Who are Jack and Rhonda? They're, par- they're parents of someone in this movie. A Someone named Sandra. Played by Lisa Jacob. Who I told my <sighs> Lisa Jacob story on the Independence Day episode, but I will tell it again. She had, back in the days of Twitter, pre-ex, pre-terrible, she tweeted, I accidentally deleted all of my emails and my Gmail. How do I get them back? And I Googled and I found out how, and I tweeted her back, said, do this. And she said, oh my God, thank you. It worked.
1: I don't remember that story. I remember. I mean, yeah. I remember you doing that. I don't remember you telling that story. I
0: think I. Feel, I feel like I told it on the. In the I'm sure seconds. you
1: would have. I'm sure you would have.
0: Because it's the only interaction I will ever have with Lisa Jacob. I'm sure.
1: Who is, an adorable 15 year old in this movie?
0: Yeah, was she 15 mm-hmm. when they filmed it? I thought was. she was my age.
1: Oh, well, she would have been 14 then. I don't
0: know. Well, I was not she when they filmed 15, it. I was 13.
1: She was, she was 15 in '93.
0: Oh, okay. She might be a year older than me then.
1: I think she was. Oh. Yeah, because didn't I say... Uh, you
0: did say 15. And what's then, her name
1: was... Kelly Martin was 18 in this movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, 15. And I
0: think... Well, Simon Fenton was... He was born in 76. So, he would have been a little on the older side, too.
1: He would have been a, He or, would have been 17 then, I think. Oh, he
0: was... Okay. Because
1: Kelly Martin's a year... A, a few months younger than me.
0: Hmm. I can't do year math in my head right now. Uh, yes, yeah, Sandra, played by Lisa Jacobs. She is a student at the high school with
1: Gene. Hey everyone.
0: <laughs> Gene and Stan, played by Omri Katz. I don't think I
1: like the character named Gene.
0: Gene I mean, it was a popular name in when? the oh, 50s. Oh,
1: in the 50s, 60s? Sure. He, went, he probably
0: was born in... If it's 1962, he was probably born in, like, the late 40s. Right? Wait, what? His character. If this takes place in 1962, he was his character was probably born oh, yeah. in, like, the late 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Gene. Sure. Gene Siskel.
1: He, him, he could have been born, like, 47, 48. Yeah. To, make, to get him to be, like, 15.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure what grade these I people no are idea. in. I always assume they were, like... Fucking sophomores. No idea.
1: None um, of them seem like seniors.
0: No. And, well, the boys seem like fucking fifth graders. They are. <laughs> yes. Because they're the most immature boys I've ever... <laughs> well, they are. I even asked you they last time, They always night and, like, will be. Do they? Do boys talk like that? I guess it's been a while.
1: Yeah, we all did.
0: Omri Katz was always also on um, the show Erie, Indiana, if you ever watched that.
1: Hang <laughs> Frankie playing with the fucking dum-dum?
0: She's playing with a dum-dum, and it's... Hey, Frankie! It'd <laughs> be funny out. if she
1: was like, yeah. <laughs> take your lollipop downstairs.
0: <laughs> oh my god, did she take it downstairs? I would. That'd would be hilarious. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay.
1: She's like, fine, I'll get a bigger one out. <laughs> clonk, clonk. Oh my god.
0: Frankie, okay. Uh yeah, Erie Indiana. Did you ever watch the, I like, remember show? the
1: show, but no, I never saw it.
0: Um, that was a good show, but I don't remember it. I remember I only caught a few episodes because I never knew when it was on because it never was like,
1: was it kind of like a Mm sci-fi
0: kind of like yeah, eerie? He lived in Indiana, eerie with two E's Mm. and then he was in Hocus Pocus and I, I thought he was cute, but not as cute as PK. He
1: felt like a Disney kid. Well, you know,
0: yeah, but not like Disney kids now. No Disney kids
1: now are the worst. I know you hate them, and
0: I mean you have every right.
1: I mean, you know what? And there's They're been a couple much. of that. You know, there's a couple contemporary Disney kids that have come around that are you know proven to be you know great actors
0: and Hillary great people. Duff. But, yes,
1: but I mean the overall uh, aesthetic of the current Disney kid is the worst.
0: <laughs> I don't even know current ones.
1: I don't know current ones. Yeah, true. But yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, well, I, I guess I'll call those the the modern era Disney kids. They're sure. just the worst. Frankie, take your lollipop downstairs. <laughs>
0: um. So Sandra, we meet Sandra during an air raid drill. Um, the air raids go off, and they're like, "Get in the hall, duck and cover. Put and I- your hands over your head in the hall. Line up." And she's like, freaking out, and the teachers are like. Go to, to, do, like, to
1: This does nothing. And she's not wrong.
0: Oh, she's always right. I mean, like, what's it going to do? That can
1: cover is complete bullshit.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's like, this is really going to protect you from when the bomb goes off. You're going to. And then she starts telling people what's going to happen to them with the radiation poisoning. She's like, even if you survive, then you have to deal with the radiation poisoning. And you start throwing up, but you're not even throwing up. You're throwing up your own organs. And yeah. So she's uh, kind of deemed troublemaker.
1: Because on one hand, she is sort of, she's she's viewed by the teachers as like a fear mongerer, fear mongering. Mm. I mean, she's, you know,
0: but I mean. She definitely protested the Vietnam War.
1: Her words are not wrong. Her mm, Her intentions are not wrong. Her actions are. Um, kind of rabble rousing, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you know, in five years she'll be in San Francisco protesting. I mean, yeah, and people are like, goddamn hippie because Jack and Rhonda, you know, she calls her parents Jack and Rhonda. They're very progressive for 1962. Um, I don't know. I love Sandra. I absolutely
1: love Sandra.
0: Yes. And kind of, you know, gets the attention of Gene. While Stan is obsessed with Sherry, played by Kelly Martin, who ran over my foot with a shopping cart outside of Trader Joe's. Kelly Martin. In Studio City. That is also a true story. (laughs) (sighs) Kelly Martin. She did not apologize. That's okay. She didn't know she did (laughs) it.
1: Kelly Martin was never because I I don't I don't have the history with Kelly Martin that I might have had with other young. Nope. Like a,
0: because life goes on was like what like nineteen ninety.
1: She's not in my wheelhouse.
0: I know because her character on Life Goes On was nerdy. She wore big glasses.
1: Life Goes On is that with um.
0: One of the family that um the son with like down syndrome with corky right corky thatcher yes i i watched that show I know, and um a low was a uh, chad low yes and i looked at her instagram and she's still like best friends with chad Lowe.
1: i watched that show very i never rarely I
0: never it looked i was like that seems like a depressing show i will pass
1: like i had seen like maybe a couple episodes in its entirety. It just—I mean—it was just so dramatic, you know. Yeah. I I never. I wanted fun.
0: No. Yeah. This show was
1: not fun. No.
0: No. I usually my viewings of like Kelly Martin things were usually like lifetime movies.
1: She looks like a lifetime movie.
0: She did a lot, I think. Um, that was.
1: I feel like she either would have had the lifetime movie trajectory or the Goosebumps. Trajectory.
0: She's a little old for Goosebumps. I know. You know she's from Riverside. She was born in Riverside, California, but she went to Yale. Cool. I'm just. Did looking. you know
1: Adam Lambert went to Cal State Fullerton?
0: Same time as you. No.
1: He went for five weeks and then moved to L.A. to pursue a career in music.
0: Did you know that Kelly Martin co-hosted the 1989 pilot of America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget? Um, Co. They decide we want Dave Coulier instead. Oh, wait, no, he didn't do that show. He did America's Funniest People. The show after
1: America's Funniest People. Cut it out. America's Funniest People. I don't
0: care what it's called. Oh, then she was in the show Christie, in 1994, right after man. name. Remember? Christy was like on the prairie. She was like a doctor or something.
1: Christy. Christy. No, I yeah. don't.
0: Yeah. You don't remember that?
1: Why would I remember that? I didn't that, watch that either. That was like an American Girl
0: it was TV on show. On CBS. It was only on... uh, On the American Girl Network? One season. (laughs) Oh, wow. Anyway. I'm just seeing what... She's a degree in art history. Sounds like they live in uh, Montana, her and her husband, that she's been married to since 1999. Yep.
1: Who's her husband?
0: Some rando Keith some, Christian.
1: Some, some Montana ranch man.
0: Yeah. They have two daughters. Um, she, she operates her own toy store. She has a toy store. Kelly Martin Toys. She just ra- got up a little bit in your... Kelly Martin Toys. Kelly Martin Toys. Um, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going through. She was on, she, I mean, mostly TV, <laughs> Baywatch. One episode. I doubt she played.
1: I'm sure she was a victim. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Wow. A lot of TV. <laughs> Uh yeah. Kelly Martin. So Stan is he's got uh he's got the hots for Sherry. And Sherry um used to date a guy named Harvey Starkweather. Named after that serial killer guy? That serial killer guy. Charlie Starkweather Char- or whatever. Did you see that made for TV movie? No. Called Murder in the Heartland, Christina Ricci. No. And some guy. Christina Ricci played the the Bonnie to the Clyde. It, that's basically what it is. Bonnie and Clyde. No. But it's Nebraska. No. Oh, I definitely watched that. Made I was excited for that no. one. No. I don't think I've ever seen a
1: Christina Ricci TV movie.
0: Wow. So you never watched the Lizzie Borden thing no. either? That was interesting. Mm. That's very bloody. Uh, yeah. Harvey Starkweather in this movie, he is like... He, he just got he out, came of,
1: out of Greece
0: he looks like he's in Greece
1: he was um, a jet he was a jet reject
0: he was a jet reject he was in prison um, when we first meet
1: him he looks like Will Ferrell
0: <laughs> he looks like Will Ferrell <laughs> and he writes poetry really shitty poetry and of course Sherry is you know he taught me a lot he taught me what it's like to be a woman and Stan's just like oh my god Ah, Sherry. Anyway, I don't even know where I am in this because I started talking about people.
1: Harvey Starkweather.
0: I wasn't even at him. I was talking about...
1: Stan. Him and...
0: People protesting the movie outside the
1: theater. How do we get to Stan? Jack and Rhonda.
0: Because I started talking about Sandra. Okay. Because they don't even... Oh, and then you went... They mentioned Jack and Rhonda before Sandra. So... Gene sees this protest and he's like, wait a second. He recognizes... One of these guys that's protesting. So he goes home and he opens up an issue of famous Monsters of Filmland, a real magazine. I've got a couple of okay. issues. Yeah. And he recognizes Herb as having starred in an earlier Woolsey film, The Brain Leeches. He calls him out on it too.
1: Yeah. And I do like when, because, yeah, I mean, because he, pro- he, when he mentions it's a Woolsey, at first, Woolsey kind of denies it. And then, but Woolsey, I mean, it's that whole game recognizes game. He understands that this kid is, he, he they're, they're kind of one and the same kind of people. Like Woolsey has found his audience and that's this kid, Gene. What's your face for?
0: No, I'm reading, <laughs> I clicked the duck and cover link. So oh, I'm reading uh-huh. what they describe as what duck and cover is. It's interesting. It's a method of personal protection against the effects of a nuclear, nuclear explosion. Ducking and covering is useful in offering a degree of protection to personnel located outside the radius of the nuclear fireball. Yeah, I mean, it's just to protect you from rubble. Yeah, which is why they do the same thing for tornado drills and stuff. Oh, you do? Oh, we had to. Yeah, you'd go in the hallway. I mean, and, like
1: earthquakes. We had California earthquakes. We had to go under desks. desk. California earthquakes. Well, yeah, we didn't have Nevada earthquakes in California. We had California ones. No, I mean, yeah, and you went under your desk, which, I mean, yeah, that would, they didn't have you go stand in the hall and cover your you fucking play neck.
0: play the duck and cover song. Yeah,
1: duck and cover. Don't you remember that song? Burt the
0: turtle. I'm not going to press play, but Burt the yeah. turtle. And Bert the Turtle was very alert When
1: danger threatened him, he never got hurt He knew just what to do but He ducked and cover I'm well aware of duck and cover song, yeah. What, now what's your face?
0: The U.S. Army Field Manual. Dropping immediately and covering exposed skin provides protection against blast and thermal effects. Immediately drop face down. A log... A large rock or any depression in the earth's surface provides some protection. Close eyes. Protect exposed skin from heat by putting hands and arms under or near the body and keeping the helmet on. Well, I guess you did be in the army for that. Remain face down until the blast wave passes and debris stops falling. I think you'd be You're still getting hit with shit. Yeah. <laughs> What a weird! This wow! This is a very interesting Wikipedia page, and it's very long. And I will not look at it anymore. Um, so at school, Gene befriends Stan. He also becomes he develops a crush on Sandra. We talked about that. Um, Does he though? Well, not at first. He's just kind of interested. I think like hmm.
1: Like, I mean, he's he's just vaguely aware of her because she's different than the other kids.
0: Yeah, because she is. Um, Stan and Sherry, he eventually, he um, asks her out, right? Or did she ask him out? I think she
1: asked him out to go look at Coral. So, to look
0: at Coral. But then Harvey finds out and is like, no. Yeah, because
1: Harvey, Will Ferrell, Starkweather has been stalking yeah stalking her and sees her he's he sees when she invites him to the coral and then she kisses him
0: yeah because she's a woman harvey has taught her how to be a woman gross and harvey's like you're not going out with her and stan is afraid so he like and yeah harvey he makes up a
1: freshly greased up because now his hair is grease sculpted
0: yeah <laughs> i thought it was, i didn't realize it was he the calls same dude. off he calls off their their coral date in fear of stan i mean in fear of harvey Woolsey continues to devote himself to promoting mant he hires harvey to dress up as the mutated half man half ant creature from the movie he also installs large subwoofer type speakers as the first phase of a new film gimmick he names rumble rama the cinema's manager howard warns about rumble rama's Potential effects on the old and fragile balcony area, which has a maximum capacity of a hundred people. Um so everyone's getting ready to go to the matinee. Um I like the rumble rum.
1: I like the whole all of Woolsey's like Immersive theater gimmicks.
0: It's 4D. It's not like 4D. It's 4D 3D? now. Yeah. yeah, like
1: when we went to that. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or Bugs yeah. Life, or whatever. The buzzer, the that buzzer in the seats, yeah. and
0: yeah or
1: shit blows on you, and you yeah. get misted with water and
0: mm-hmm.
1: stuff. she have been doing this you. for
0: ages.
1: I guess um William Castle actually did those things too.
0: Did I say that at the beginning of the podcast? Gimmicks were his thing. That's what he did. Well, I mean, not specifically these. Ghosts but yeah, you... and stuff.
1: Did you mention ghosts?
0: No, but I said he oh. did gimmicks. I got to sneeze. He did theater gimmicks. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yay. And at the matinee, so Gene is there with Dennis, and he also sees Sandra there, and they sit together. Um. Yeah,
1: they have a sort of a Romeo and Juliet Bath Norman's Romeo and Juliet esque yes, meeting because they're looking at a,
0: a hand. At a
1: hand covered in ants, not kind fish of tank. like a,
0: <laughs> a anthill. That's where we, that's where we meet. We find out that Rhonda and Jack are Sandra's parents. And they're like, oh, sorry. Mm, you're having a moment. Parents are so embarrassing. So they sit together and Stan is there, and Sherry ends up taking her little brother because he's gonna blackmail her with all these poetry that harvey wrote her which is dirty i guess
1: apparently yeah so
0: he's like i won't show mom and dad if you take me to the movie she's like fine so she goes to the movie with her little brother of course she sees stan there and she's like oh
1: oh purpose room the all-purpose
0: room because he told her he had to
1: sandbag the all-purpose room or something bag sand oh yeah
0: (laughs) what they're sandbags but he had to bag sand
1: well yes you don't sandbags
0: <laughs> No I know That's why I thought You were gonna say Sandbags But they are sandbags <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, my head hurts now Bag sand Put sandbags In the all purpose room <laughs> So she gets mad At Stan Because he Pretended to Because he broke their date Because he wanted to just Go to a monster movie <sighs> But then Jean runs into Sherry and getting popcorn, Hershey bar and popcorn. That's so what she orders. What did, you say, what did you just say? Hershey bar and okay. popcorn. And I always thought it was, it was weird. I'm like, who gets a Hershey bar? <laughs> but maybe they did in 1962. Maybe there's something else to get. I'll have a Hershey
1: bar. Oh, what was you going to get? A crackle?
0: Can I get some Dippin' Dots? Some Sour Patch Kids?
1: Can I get an Abba Zabba? Ew. (laughs) Fuck off.
0: So yeah, he runs into Sherry in the lobby and he tells her, Oh, Stan promised my little brother that he would take him because
1: he's like an uncle to him. He's like an uncle to him. Since her dad is on the sub submarine. And she's like, oh,
0: that's so sweet. So she reconciles with Stan by making out with him. Over a lie. Ah! There's a bug in my glasses! Oh my god. Is it a mant? There was a mant in my glasses just now. Uh, um... Yeah. Sandra, yeah, she's there with her parents. We said... She was, I already said that. She's, talk, she's watching the movie with Jean. And then Harvey, who's dressed up as the mant, sees Sherry and Stan kissing during the movie. He attacks Stan in a rage, punches Woolsey, who tries to like help Stan, tries to intervene, and then like they start chasing each other. And then yeah, there's a very
1: uh, a Three Stooges esque chase through the theater <laughs>
0: through the theater. Then Stan,
1: so it's Harvey chasing. Harvey is being chased by Stan and uh Jean and Sherry's S-
0: chasing Sherry Harvey
1: and Sandra's kind of running after Everyone. Gene.
0: Yeah. But then Stan finds a shotgun in this Fallout shelter that's below the theater cuz the owner of the theater is
1: he's a doomsdayer. He's
0: a doomsdayer. He uses the shotgun to like frighten off Harvey. He just kind of holds it and um he runs off.
1: Harvey runs off and then
0: Gene and Sandra and Sherry All the kids
1: are standing in the bunker.
0: Yeah. And Gene's like, I wonder what this does. And he presses a button. and guess it does the, nothing. The
1: slow closing door. Yep. Which takes 30 seconds to close because we've seen it with the manager testing it. He's like, sure hope it closes faster, faster than that it, it opens. It opens. Or whatever.
0: Yeah. That, then, of course, because the door is closing, they are going to get locked in there. Sherry and Stan managed to run out.
1: I do like the... Let me out! Let me in! It's the very Lion King, Zazu, when he's trapped in like the in the bones.
0: I thought of something else. Let us out! Let us out! Let us in! Let us in! That that comes up. Yeah, it's that's from something else with um, people, not Lion Kings. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it's. I don't remember either. Um. So Sandra and Jean are unintentionally locked inside the shelter when the door is accidentally closed and time lock activated. It won't open for months.
1: That's a ridiculous premise.
0: Wouldn't you love to like, I don't know, like a tour of these? Like just go look at one?
1: All the all the doomsday prepper shelters?
0: Yeah, like they're still around somewhere. In There's all... been
1: new ones because of like Y2K.
0: Oh, I'm sure there was some Y2K. COVID. One. I want to see like the ones from like the 60s though. 50s. And I'm sure 60s. there's a few. There's got to be. What are they going to How are they going to get rid of
1: them? Well, they've all been converted to like, you know, hipster bars and things.
0: Yeah, maybe. So they're trapped inside and then the most ridiculous conversation.
1: Well, because then the rumble rama <laughs> is going off because yeah. Harvey who had been in charge of it kind of cranked everything up he
0: fucked and everything abandoned up. everything. Mm-hmm. Now it's
1: now the whole system is going kind of
0: haywire. Apeshit. Yeah. yeah. So the rumble rum is going off, but it sounds like, um, because everyone thought the door was closing because it was time
1: because of the bombs. The
0: bombs, and so they're locked in there. They feel the rumble and they hear, and they're like, "That's it." And so they think the bombs are falling, and they're like, "What if we're the only what if we're, two? We're the next Adam and Eve. We're, we're the only two people left on Earth. What is, what's like? We're, it's up to us. We're like Adam and Eve."
1: If if you are one of if you are one of the last two people on Earth and you're like, Well, I guess we're dead. I guess I guess we are the end of humanity. It's not like we're gonna we're gonna single handedly repopulate the planet.
0: No, you're like, okay, I guess well I guess game over. Because what are they gonna do? They have one kid. What's that one kid gonna do? Who's he gonna populate with? That doesn't involve incest. It's silly. But again, but they're they are, they they're are like 15-year-olds in the old. 60s. And it's uh, just a funny. So then they start making out because they got to start repopulating. I guess. Uh, so then Woolsey helps rescue the pair from their shelter before the oxygen supply runs out. They don't need too much of it at that moment. They're using each other's oxygen. <laughs> no, they're not.
1: <laughs> if anything, they're in danger of speeding up asphyxiation. Oh, maybe because now they're just sucking in each other's CO two.
0: Gross. Har- Harvey <laughs> reappears and like takes Ruth.
1: Nope, Ruth. Oh, well, you mean his car? Yeah.
0: His car. No, Ruth. Oh, 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 the nurse. <laughs> the nurse. I was like Ruth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ruth Corday is dressed up like a nurse. And it,
1: it, that movie becomes kind of interactive.
0: Yeah, because there's a scene in MANT
1: where they're pointing down the barrel of the camera, going, "Look, he's grabbing a there. Nurse. He is. Yeah,
0: because yeah, he was supposed to run up and down the aisles. Yeah, I think but, and
1: that was scripted. Yes.
0: Yeah, but he takes his switchblade to Ruth's throat and demands the movie premiere's cash receipts from Woolsey. He wants the money. And he steals the cash. Then he kidnaps Sherry and escapes. Howard the owner of the theater our doomsday. he calls the police harvey is quickly arrested after crashing wolsey's cadillac outside the movie theater yeah i forgot that that was i wolsey's forgot it was car. his too i yeah. thought that was uh,
1: harvey's car then
0: he does get a new car he yeah that's why that's why
1: they're talking about the new car yeah that's
0: right uh sherry and stan happily reunite after this whole ordeal Woolsey realizes that Harvey has turned the Rumble Rama machinery up so high during this movie that the now overcrowded balcony is starting to collapse from the heavy sound vibrations. And there's too many people up there, too, because people just... Again, very silly. Yeah. Assisted by Gene, Woolsey projects... What is this word? Trompe loy. Trompe
1: loy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's that?
1: The, uh, it's the, um, oh, what is that?
0: I don't know. Yeah. No, it's
1: like the big finale, like the, you know. Okay. Yeah.
0: So he, he projects footage of an atomic bomb mushroom cloud that looks like it's blasting through and the screen. And that
1: looks very cool.
0: And Of course, everyone freaks out. That's how they get him out. Everyone because freaks out. Is like, oh, my God. And they run out.
1: Because, yeah, Wolsey has, like, kind of pyrotechnic and smoke effects, too, to go yeah. along with it. So, so it, it looks c- like, A, that the screen has burned through because uh-huh. there's actual smoke coming at yeah. them. And the image looks very good. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool.
0: So... The theater gets quickly evacuated. Um, Dennis was up in the balcony, and the whole balcony is, has torn apart from the wall. It's, yeah,
1: it's separated from the wall.
0: And Gene and everyone and honestly, else.
1: if he stayed on the balcony when it collapsed, he'd be fine. It it fell very slowly to the bottom seats.
0: Psh, all the seats flew up. I always <laughs> thought that was cool. Um, but he yeah, Gene, he grabs his hand. He manages to save him, just barely. Um. And then, like, what uh, Dennis. The- Dennis
1: reminded me of Timmy. All
0: oh, from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah like, it's got Timmy vibes. Stupid little kid. This was like six months before that. He did it first.
1: He was the first Timmy. So Timmy <laughs> is actually a shittier Dennis. <laughs>
0: He's Dennis 2.0. <laughs> um. So yeah, theater. The-, the the theater's destroyed. At this point, and everyone's like bummed. They they run outside thinking that you know the end has come, and they're like, "Wait, what? Everything is still here. Everything's still here." Ah. And then you always get the people like, "I'm seen this twice," but the theater's destroyed. They're not seeing anything in that. Theater but honestly, for a while. that's
1: the again, that's the best publicity that movie could have gotten because now they'll wait for this theater to get fixed and see it all over again.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: And and the. Theater guy, he his theater's gonna sell out night after night for a good while. You
0: and know. what the that other guy, like the, the finance, old man. the old man guy with the money, who's telling the theater owner, it's like, put in another screen, yeah, get like, rid of this
1: balcony, put on the screen up there,
0: like which is like the future of movie theaters with multiple the, the screens, multiplex. Yeah. The multiplex, uh, so then you know, after all this, they they hear on the news that the Cuban Missile Crisis is over, their Soviets are taking their. The missiles or whatever, um and the Navy boys can go back home, and Ruth and Lawrence Woolsey leave for another premiere in Cleveland. Say goodbye to Jean and Sandra.
1: I kept waiting for her hat to fly off. Mm, no, that's... in that convertible that hat is very large, standing upright, and you are in a giant fucking convertible. <laughs>
0: They say they watch him drive away in his new Cadillac, and then Navy helicopters fly over the beaches in Key West, implying that Gene's father will soon return home. The end. The end. Um, I want to talk about the two movies within a movie.
1: I want to take a snack break.
0: Oh, okay. And I'll go to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go
0: to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
1: I have had snacks.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad. Movie
1: within a movie? You were talking?
0: Yes. So we have two movies within a movie in this. Obviously, the first one is Mant. Um, It's a parody morphing several low-budget sci-fi horror films of the 1950s that were black and white. That fused radioactivity with mad science and mutation. they were very popular. In movies like Tarantula. Nope. Is that how you say it? Tarantula? It's Tarantula, right? I looked at it and then then I looked at the letters. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Where... A scientist that's,
1: that's another t-shirt, but it's Tarantula. It's with two O's.
0: Tarantula. Where a scientist is injected with an atomic isotope formula with disastrous results. And the movie Them from 1954. The Beast with a Million Eyes from 1955. The Deadly Mantis in 1957. The Black Scorpion. The Amazing Colossal Man, The Monster That Challenged the World, Beginning of the End. These are all from 1957. It's when a very was the original
1: movie. Fly?
0: That was like around... That was 1958. Okay. Um, the Alligator People from 1959. Mm, the classic, de- yes. The depiction of <laughs> man's use of rumble-rama is a riff on William Castle's many in-theater gimmicks. For like the tinkerer? like Emerjo. What? Amerigo. I don't even know what that is.
1: What's the effect? What does it do? Uh,
0: well, I clicked the... I can't find it. Um, And you had Percepto, Illusiono, Shock Sections. However, the only monster movie produced or directed by William Castle before 1970 was 1955's The Tingler, which did not have a radiation theme. Rumble Rama is also a nod to Sense Surround, which was Universal's sound process of the 1970s. Matinee also mentions some of Woolsey's earlier horror movies like Island of the Flesh Eaters, The Eyes of Dr. Diablo, and The Brain Leeches, which is not to be confused with the real world 1977 film of the same name. The real world? Oh, Okay. It's a 1978 low budget sci fi exploitation film. Um, It has a running time of 55 minutes and was completed on a budget of $298.
1: We got to find that.
0: Wow. All right.
1: A lower budget than Forbidden Zone.
0: Yeah. I could give you $298 right now. You could make this (laughs) movie. You can't. I could. I could write I, you could give you 290. dollars <laughs> <you know. laughs> Because I don't have access to the bank account? Uh,
1: no, you have access. You choose not to use it. I choose it. not to
0: use it. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the other movie we have is The Shook Up Shopping Cart that Gene takes Dennis to when his mom's like, go see a movie, but not a monster one. Go see something fun. It's very Disney-esque. Yeah. Yes. So although matinee is sent... Is set in October 1962. The Shook Up Shopping Cart is a family-oriented gimmick comedy featuring an anthropomorph- anthropomorphic mm-hmm. shopping cart. It's a reference to some color Disney comedies. That sounds weird. Disney comedies that were in color well, that yeah, came got it. later in the decade, mm-hmm. like The Love Bug, mm-hmm. The Ugly Doxound, Doxand, Doxound, i don't what, like what's that wrong word. with
1: you in a word stand?
0: i don't like that word because i feel like the, would you rather have a pet dox hound or a pet tarantula <laughs> I, <laughs> because i feel like the word hound should be in it because it's why dog no is it german i think so yeah is the hound in there but it's german hund dox Anyway, then then the movie Monkeys Go Home, Blackbeard's Ghost, the horse in the gray flannel suit, the million-dollar duck, the shaggy DA. She liked that. And the Shook Up Shopping Cart is the American debut of the one and only Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. How do you want to say her name? How does how does Naomi Watts want to say not the way I just said it? Let's ask her. She plays the niece of the man who's transformed into a shopping cart. Sure. What movie would you rather see, MANT, with all the shit that happens, or the shook up shopping cart? I don't want to
1: see the shook up shopping cart.
0: (laughs) Uh, like we mentioned, Lawrence Woolsey is based on real Hollywood showman William Castle. The character is introduced in a recreation of Castle's famous trademark of a silhouette in a director's chair with his head turned in profile with a cigar. Mm-hmm. His name is a reference to Lawrence Woolner, one of the Woolner brothers whose company, Woolner Brothers Pictures, distributed sci fi classics like. Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Cool. In her memoir, Lisa Jacob stated that she had her first kiss while filming this movie. Her mm. scene partner, Simon Fenton, apparently did not like Lisa, which made shooting the five takes of the kissing scene very awkward and uncomfortable. I, I read that and I was like, well, he just dropped oh. way down.
1: Simon Fenton, you are a disappointment. <laughs>
0: I mean, besides the fact that he didn't do anything ever again after Oh, this, really?
1: Uh, well, see?
0: <laughs> not really. Maybe some a couple TV episodes mm. in the 90s, but like British TV.
1: Mm. Is he a British kid? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Did you uh, no. not see The Power of One?
1: No, I did not. <laughs> Is it a soccer movie?
0: <laughs> it's all about soccer. Um... One of the magazines in Jean's bedroom is Famous Monsters of Filmland, which Mm -hmm. we mentioned, number 18 from July 1962. This issues, This issue features an article by 15-year-old Joe Dante called Dante's Inferno.
1: Is that the one where he rates the movies or whatever?
0: Yeah. Which he gives his opinion of the worst 50 horror movies ever made. The films that he... Listed include Adventure Island, A Haunting We Will Go, The Amazing Transparent Man, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, and The Blob. It's very controversial there, Joe Dante. The
1: Blob had people running out of theaters, much like mm. Matinee does for Mant. For
0: <laughs> and then in a 2015 interview <clears throat> with Film School Archive, he admitted he had not seen all 50 films at the time.
1: You mean a 15-year-old Joe Dante lied? He
0: lied. Oh, scandal. But I'm sorry, Dante's Inferno? That's
1: fucking adorable. That is
0: great. <laughs> um, So the Rotten Tomatoes score, what do you think? 65. Uh, higher. 71. Higher.
1: Oh,
0: 83. Higher. <gasps> what? 90. 93% Rotten Tomatoes. Well, you know what? Okay,
1: I gave it that first low score because I thought this movie was almost too pedestrian. Okay. You know? Mm. But I think that was me being cynical of critics.
0: Mm. Well, do you want to know what Roger Ebert thought? Two. Roger Ebert gave the film three and a half out of four and wrote, there are a lot of big laughs in matinee and not many moments when I didn't have a wide smile on my face.
1: Did he say this before or after his?
0: (laughs) Wow. He said this in 93, so he still had his face. His regular face. Okay. And then his partner, Gene Siskel, gave the film three and a half out of four and remarked that the, quote, boring title doesn't communicate the joy within this film. So he didn't like the name of this movie. I don't he, like the name either. Because
1: that's the least important part of the movie.
0: It is. Yeah. And if you, you don't really know what it's about when you say matinee. I mean, you can kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really thought about the title of this movie.
1: I think that's why, That I think that may be also what have would have turned me off in 93. Interesting. It, it does seem boring. Who wants to go watch a movie about a movie, you know, in the in the, in the daytime?
0: But it's such a love letter to so, to ti- old timey movies, the movies yeah. and like movie theaters. Sure. In this day and age, when Hollywood does its damnedest to make you think that, but that you need to but go in '93. No
1: one cared about a love letter to movies because movies no. were still movies. You know? Yeah.
0: And I think maybe that's why in 2020, when people finally like when they found this movie, yeah. they're like. Holy oh, shit. Like how quaint. Look at this. It's like oh. a time capsule. Yeah, it is.
1: You know? I I definitely, even if I had seen this back in 93, I don't think I would have liked as much as I do now.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: And uh, 93. So yeah, like I said, this, I don't think this is the height of my John Goodman love yet. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, this was, I was well into my Danny DeVito love.
0: He's not in this movie
1: because I rented Jack the Jack Bear. Jack the Bear.
0: He comes up again in ninety
1: three from ninety three. Also,
0: same time. Are you sure? So I knew. I
1: already knew Jack. I already knew Danny DeVito was my guy.
0: Yeah. What's...
1: Did you did I ever tell you about Jack the Bear story though? <laughs> Please read, tell me your Jack. I, the well, I Bear rented story. Jack the Bear because I love Danny DeVito. Yes,
0: we. That's been established.
1: I've never seen Jack the Bear. Is it like the kid? Mm- No, I rented it with the intention of watching it with a girl the next evening.
0: I don't need to hear that shit. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Rented it. I'll come back tomorrow night. We'll watch it. That next day, I got a letter from school saying I had been academically disqualified. From school? I flunked out of college. Panic set in.
0: You weren't in. Oh, wait. This is after you graduate. This isn't...
1: This was already, the movie had been out, and it was on DVD, or, I mean, on So this is after,
0: nine, so you were well in. This was not,
1: didn't take place in 93, no. I'm
0: thinking it was 1993. No. I'm sorry, yeah. you didn't tell your story well.
1: Uh-huh. No. So that day, I had to drive this is f- frantically to college to figure out what the fuck happened. Maybe do do your fucking work. Well, hey, yeah, that's. Point one, yes, that's bullet point number one. But also I had been disqualified because I had apparently flunked out of microeconomics, which I did not, but our our non-tenured professor, our adjunct professor, fucked up, didn't give us a final, and didn't count grades towards our final grade. So my my disqualification was an accident. So I had to but I had to go submit my appeal. That day. That's why
0: you couldn't watch Jack the Bear. So, I didn't have,
1: so, I, so then, because I'm still freaking out over having apparently flunked out of school, I instead hung out with some friends and we went and did open mic at a comedy club near our school.
0: What the fuck does Jack the Bear have to do
1: with this? Because I was supposed to watch Jack the Bear, but instead I'm doing stand-up at some shitty open mic with like three of our friends.
0: You know, it all checks
1: out. Knowing you... <laughs> It was me, Howard, which I don't think I've ever mentioned Howard to you.
0: I've never heard you say um, that name. George. If it wasn't a duck. Who was
1: our friend Cynthia's me and her our friend, George. So the three of and Cynthia was she didn't go she didn't do stand up, she watched.
0: But she the one who was supposed to watch Jack the Bear with I, you? No. what the fuck were you gonna watch Jack the Bear with? Um, a girl who named Kelly,
1: whose brother turned out to be uh my the minister Th- of my dad's um celebration of life kelly
0: kelly if you're listening so i'm so sorry you didn't get to watch jack the bear you you probably dodged a bullet with that one trust me <laughs> so that's why jack the Bears. i hate it i, I never to... want to hear that story again so i never got to watch jack the bear the fuck does that have to do with john goodman we were talking about John Goodman. I know. And this movie. And then suddenly we were like all... Well,
1: I, I still didn't care about John Goodman as much, I don't think. But I wanted to see Jack the Bear because I loved Dan DeVito so much. I
0: hope you never see Jack the Bear. It
1: looks depressing as fuck.
0: I don't want to see it. I get it mixed up with This Boy's Life. Why? Uh, they have similar titles in my head. They don't, but what? they do.
1: Okay. They, they don't have a single same word.
0: Did they come out around the same time? Maybe that's why I... Think of,
1: I don't know. Maybe that's why I think of this and Jack and matinee. I don't know.
0: This boy's life. Yeah, I know it's nineteen ninety three.
1: Oh, this boy's life was ninety three. Of course. Oh well, then I rented it
0: all. I know I said
1: oh, but like oh like same release time. Same release time. I have no idea.
0: I used to rent this movie all the time because Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you. And so that was April. Ninety three, and Jack the Bear. Oh, Jack the Ripper. Nope. Jack Jack the Bear, April 2nd, 1993. I knew it. My birthday. Thank you. My 14th birthday. I knew they came out around the same time. Is it about an abusive stepfather? Jack the Bear? (laughs) No, he's a clown
1: whose wife dies, and now he has to raise Miko Hughes on his own.
0: Is that Miko Hughes? Oh, God, it is.
1: He has to raise his two sons now. One of them is Miko Hughes. God.
0: I can't believe we don't have any movies that star Miko Hughes. We'll we, never have. We can
1: get Jack the Bear and I can finally
0: watch the movie. Or we could get Pet Cemetery and New Nightmare and Kindergarten Cop.
1: Or we can go do Open Mic in a stand up place.
0: Steven Zalian wrote it? Okay, I'm never going to watch Jack the Bear. I'll watch This Boy's Life. Anyway, critics liked it. 93% Rotten Tomatoes. Critics were like, this is great because they know. They love the movies too. Mm -hmm. It is a love letter to movies. That's why critics liked it. But you know what? No one fucking saw it. Um, It had a $13 million budget. It's pretty low. How much do you think it made? January 93. It's a really shitty time. Oh, it came out in January? Yes. Why? End of January. Seems like a summer a movie. summer movie. Or at least like or At least come out during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Or like October like Halloween. Come out during like October. October. <laughs> uh, it made 9.5 million dollars.
1: It's disappointing. It is. And I'm And it's a Joe Dante movie. And it's a John Goodman movie. Okay, John Goodman, not a big seller back in ninety three,
0: maybe. Maybe but, not, but but I mean all the kids were unknowns. Um but all the kids it just are, got buried. Yeah. I think it just got buried. Uh I couldn't tell you what else was coming around around January ninety three, but um Yeah. I was just waiting for Swing Kids to come around two months up from there. but yeah no one saw it which is too bad i think it still is kind of underseen underrated i mean i think this movie definitely falls into that category and yeah like you said it is feels like a time capsule not just 1962 but of 1993 and it's kind of crazy to think that the same amount of time has passed from this movie coming out to when the cuban missile crisis was when this movie came out (laughs) 30 years. Oh. Cuz uh, this was the 30th anniversary, I guess of this and I wonder if Jack
1: when... the Bear mentions Cuban Missile Crisis. I think that takes place in the 70s.
0: They might think fondly of it. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, remember. Well, this boy's life takes place in the 60s because Ellen Barkin works for Kennedy's real like or not real election.
1: Wow.
0: Kennedy's election. I think that takes place in like what? He was elected in 60. Oh, 59. So Cuban Missile Crisis hasn't happened yet. But, you know, same time.
1: Well, it leads up to his
0: election? Yeah, I think oh, so. Because okay. I think she works for um like his the, election. The DNC? Well, now I got to look again. Did you ever read the no. Tobias Wolfe, you know who that is, right? I do. That he wrote, that's his memoir, This Boy's Life.
1: Oh, I do. That sounds, I don't think I knew that, but that sounds vaguely familiar.
0: Hmm. That's, I feel like that's where, because Tobey Maguire's in it, too. That where he and Leonardo became friends and formed their club.
1: Gee, what's the club's
0: name? What is, oh, the Pussy Posse. I was like, what is it called? Uh, This just says... The soundtrack uses many songs from the 50s and early 60s. Well, give me a year. I want to know when. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. It's not important. People are... I just remember Elisha Dushku was in it. She's very young. She was his, like, little sister. That was the first thing. And then I remember when Buffy came out or whenever I saw her, I was like, oh! It's that little girl from... (laughs) She's not that little girl anymore. Okay. Anyway, this is... Not exciting. Matinee. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a fun movie, and I wish... Do I wish more people saw it? No, because I feel like... This has always been one of those movies where it felt like it was my own little gem because I've never met anyone who's heard of it.
1: Heard of it? Really? Yeah. Well, you know my people. They You're, don't know movies. I do know your people. Your people are terrible.
0: <laughs> um. Very few have heard of it. Um, but say, have you seen Matinee? No. Um, and it's always felt like just this little secret of mine. Mm. Like, oh, no one has seen this movie. It's so good. So that's how like I.
1: Forbidden Zone. Yes. Reefer Madness.
0: I don't know. Time will tell <laughs> on that one. But I've always just thought it was, it's just a really fun movie and good performances. And it's, you know. It is a a love letter to just cheesy ass sci fi movies. I mean,
1: it's a great John Goodman movie.
0: Yeah, like you said at the very beginning, this it wouldn't be what it is without.
1: It's like it's such poetry. a good John Goodman movie.
0: Yeah, he's got some great one liners that I mean, are so he effortless. Does
1: all the heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah, when he's there's, I mean, there's a couple scenes where he's not on camera.
0: Like once yeah. we, you know, yeah, I mean, there's scenes without him. I mean, sure. Gene is in, I mean, Simon Fenton's in majority of the scenes, sure,
1: with John Goodman, eh,
0: not at school though. Sure, <laughs> I'm not sticking up for anyone, it's okay. No one like in this movie does any acting anymore, apparently. John Goodman, except for John Goodman, uh. But yeah, this movie, I mean, it's, I've never seen it streaming anywhere. No idea. But, I mean, if you haven't seen it, go find it somewhere. Go rent it. Check your library. I bet they have it. You know what? Easier to find than Tomorrowland. (laughs) We easily found Tomorrowland at Half Price Books, my dear. I mean. You bring it up all the time. I'm like, we own it. We own it. Stop. But I mean. We own it. Stop complaining that Disney Plus took it away after 24 hours.
1: Oh, do I want to get, do I, do I want Google to call forth Tomorrowland or Reefer Madness? So
0: is there anything else you want to say about Matinee? No. By Joe Dante. I think it's the only Joe Dante movie we have because we don't have gremlins.
1: We don't have gremlins? No. Do we have Joe versus the Volcano? Dante speak? The
0: burbs? No, we don't. You <laughs> did the burbs, right? I yeah. don't know. I don't, we ma- don't too, have...
1: Ma- too many Joe slash Dante jokes. I've already lost track.
0: And I used to get Joe Dante mixed up with... Mighty Joe Young? John Landis. Why? Because I think... Uh, Joe Dante
1: never killed anybody. I know.
0: I think because of the Twilight Zone. But... Yeah. mm, mm. mm, 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 mm. Small Soldiers. Interesting.
1: That the, the weird animated movie?
0: People also search for Jenna Elfman. Why? Because she's married to... She's married to Joe Dante. <laughs> <laughs> she's married to the other guy. People also search for John Landis. Why? Because people get them mixed up. No. Anyways. No, let's move okay, Let's pick for
1: next week. Oh, fingers crossed for <sighs> Tomorrowland or Reefer Madness. Oh, I
0: just got a text from my co-worker at work. Sorry it's so late, but you need to see The Pope's Exorcist. Is that from Tammy? Yep. I think that's the one with Russell Crowe on Netflix. Okay. Oops, I can't spell Crowe. Nope, I still can't spell it. W-E. I was doing E-W. I'm like, K-roo! okay, let's pick for next week. This episode is so off the rails.
1: Anyways.
0: I don't even know where I am. We added a few movies because I had a good day Yet, at... mm.
1: Great.
0: Yeah. So 167. Oh shit. Really? We added four? <laughs> mm, 167. God damn it. Hey Google,
1: pick a number from one to 167.
0: is a random number 36 Mm.
1: 36 that doesn't sound like tomorrowland to me what letter
0: (laughs) people hate this movie i don't think i've seen it in 18 years the letter is e i was so excited for this movie the hype was all over and when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, I liked it. And then years went by. No one talks about it. No one talks about it. And then suddenly, bam, everyone's like, that is the worst movie ever made. E. E. Empire of the Sun. No, that is not the worst <laughs> That's number 37. <laughs> um, it's directed by Cameron Crowe. And it stars Kirsten, um, Kirsten Dunst and Orlando Bloom. What? Yeah. What? What is this? What? Elizabeth Town. Oh yeah, we saw that. Uh, we didn't see it in the theater. I no. bought it the day it came out. On, we, we, we've seen this movie. Yeah, like twice. It's boring as fuck. It is boring. It is very boring. And there's a funeral scene. Nothing happens
1: in they, this movie. Where
0: they play what's that funeral song that they always play?
1: I don't know something by the, the Lumineers.
0: It's like. Nine Minutes, that r- classic rock band. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go in. I don't remember
1: Kirsten Dunst being in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because
0: that was when I was like. I,
1: if you asked me who was in Elizabethtown, I would have said Orlando Bloom and Brittany Murphy. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Kirsten Dunst.
0: Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten
1: Dunst. Kirsten Kristen? L- L- Kirsten? L- L- Kirsten?
0: L- I said Kirsten but I meant to say Kirsten. Um, Kiki. At least we'll get to talk about her again. And I guess we'll talk about Orlando. Like, I don't know. I mean this came out in the middle of all the Pirates movies. He's got the longer hair. Right? I don't know. <sighs> it's a weird ass movie. Does he go back to Town because his dad died? Yeah.
1: Oh, he did. That's why. Yeah. I mean? Okay.
0: And he. D- a dad.
1: He had never. He, he hadn't spoken to in years or whatever. Or?
0: Yeah, and he. Something, but his dad like ran like a shoe company, like Nike or something. What? Something to do with like t- like athletic shoes. I
1: don't so, think his dad ran Nike.
0: Well, it's something to do with athletic shoes. I don't know. We'll find um. out. It's not a fun movie. It's kind of depressing.
1: Is it depressing? And,
0: yeah, well, because oh. it deals with like the death of his father.
1: Oh, Judy Greer's in it,
0: and Judy Greer's in it.
1: I love Judy Greer.
0: Um, oh, we just missed Dune.
1: Oh, Paula Deen's in it.
0: Yeah, you know what she is—a racist aunt. A racist aunt. Um, seeing Dune on our list I me they pushed Dune to it in March. Oh no. Because of the strike and all that. Oh, okay. well, good. Good. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be November. That's fine. Now it's going to be March. I? Um, well, I can wait. No, that's fine. All right. So next week, we are talking about Elizabethtown from 2005. I, maybe this is like on Netflix. I don't know. It's...
1: Oh, boy. This movie looks rough.
0: I mean, if I had to compare that to like Vanilla Sky, which was also... Uh, What the fuck, Cameron Crowe, am I watching? Now, okay. Is this like
1: Cameron Crowe's blank check movie? What did he do right before this?
0: Well, because Almost Famous was 2000. What year was this movie? 2005. But I think it was. Well, Vanilla Sky was 2001. A hit? Vanilla Sky? Sure, wasn't it? I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. I mean, it wasn't almost famous. Almost famous was well, anything and after n- almost and no famous. There's no Jeremy
1: Guire, but I mean.
0: No, Jeremy.
1: Jeremy. Gry- Jeremy.
0: Jeremy. <laughs> my name is Jeremy Guire. <laughs> I want to name someone Jeremy Guire. <laughs> oh my God, that's the funniest. I don't know. Um, I know Black Check did a Cameron Crowe series. I, and I mean, what's it start with? Like, say anything. <sighs> boy. I don't know. I think Almost Famous would... I think Say Anything was a blank check. Almost Famous
1: was 2000.
0: Yeah, I said that. Vanilla Sky was 2001. 2001. Was there anything between that and Elizabethtown?
1: He wrote some material for the 74th Annual Academy Awards.
0: All right, good job.
1: And then, yeah, four years after Vanilla Sky, this comes out.
0: Okay, well...
1: And then he goes and he, then he does six years
0: later, we bought a zoo. Oh, yeah. We can't, God, I see that at Half Price Books all the time in the clearance area for $3 and I'm like, I'm so tempted.
1: And then he did that fucking aloha.
0: Oh, yeah. I see that there too. (sighs) Aren't you curious though? No, no. Just a little bit curious? No.
1: No. (laughs) You might as well have a movie called Blackface.
0: Woo, yeah.
1: No, that's, no, that is... Absolutely not. No.
0: All right. Well, next week, like I said, we'll switch town. Until then, you can follow us on mm, Threads. For,
1: really? really? Just for
0: fun. Why not?
1: I mean, like I'm looking at like the shit he wrote. Like,
0: oh, you're still on that? Okay.
1: I mean, like, okay.
0: Well, we'll like, talk about it next week. We like need... say
1: anything. Fucking great, right? Almost famous. And then his singles
0: fucking great right Jeremy mcguire one of the best Jer-
1: Jer- jeremy jeremy Goyer,
0: Goyer. one of the best and then almost famous i've heard it's good i can't believe you haven't seen it that blows my mind
1: vanilla sky i thought it was good i don't know i never it, thought it.
0: it was weird Ugh. Aubrey. and LaValle. then he does elizabeth town what is what that's why the hype i was so like
1: and then we bought a zoo i've heard i've heard we bought a
0: zoo is fucking great i might buy it for three dollars i, I would
1: watch we bought it's it's the Damon, right?
0: It's Damon, but who's the lady? Who's the price? Oh my God. What?
1: Okay, no. Oh. You have to buy this movie because...
0: Why? We have to buy a zoo?
1: <laughs> well, you know I want to buy a zoo. Oh. But...
0: Okay, why? So,
1: there's this guy in it named Matt Damon.
0: I've heard of him. Slightly. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, she's way too
1: And young. then And then, you know who else is in it?
0: A fanning. Is guess, it L? Guess which one? Is it L? It is L. Yeah, we're gonna buy it. Because <laughs> you know I love L. I stand a fan, especially her. Okay. Well, next week, like I said, you can follow us on threads. <laughs> you can say your thing now, please.
1: Oh, JB Smooth is in it. Oh, yes, please buy it. Go oh, B- buy it. Please buy it. Please buy it. Okay,
0: finish your thing.
1: Uh, thanks as always to the one and only Brushy One String Mm. for our theme song. You can find Brushy at BrushyOneString.com. And thanks to Marlene LePage for our artwork.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to we bought a zoo. Oh my (laughs) God. All right. Matinee is good. Watch it. It's good. And here's some music. This is it. By Jerry Goldsmith. One of the greats. Was there like a there's, soundtrack? There's some like sixties songs, my boyfriend's back. Right, then. right. But I mean it's It's Jerry Goldsmith and it's a lot of like themes from other movies, mm-hmm. like some sci-fi mm-hmm. movies that he kind of mixed in with his score. Hmm. So
1: that's gonna be a tough one. What am I gonna end with then?
0: I don't know. I'm and guessing was, score. If you want, the theme is good. Sure. Bye. Well, I can't wait for
1: we bought a zoo. Go buy a zoo. <laughs>